0: With a lot of smiles and some handshakes, and then just a real time of, of true worship, praising God. It's been a good day. Hopefully, it's going to continue to be a good day. And I was invited to eat, so I'm not going to preach forever. You better believe that now. <laughs> you know, my heart went out to you back, what, a little over two and a half years ago, as every Christian in the upstate heard about the fire. It's hard to imagine seeing what happened here i also knew a little bit about the first sunday you came into this building because my son was the wyff photographer who came and and videoed you that day and he would have stayed longer and and done more he planned to do some you know some interviews and things like that but before the service was even over he got a call a higher calling in the news business there was a cockfighting raid in Anderson County. <laughs> I'm not joking. Biggest one I think in the history of South Carolina. He got called. They said, "Get over there now." But it was nothing like the cockfight in Columbia yesterday, was it? I tell you. Uh, you know, I'm not as dumb as I looked. I figured there were a lot of gamecocks here. I just knew. I didn't know. I don't know why. I'm a graduate of Clemson. Don't run me off. Okay, okay, okay. But I'm a different kind of Clemson graduate. I mean, I pull for Clemson always. I'll pull for Clemson when Clemson Carolina plays, no doubt. But until that day, I do pull for Carolina. I'm glad they won yesterday. I'm glad they represented the state like they did. So I'm here, except for the last game of the season, as a friend (laughs) of you Gamecocks. But I'll be your enemy it's like all these other true tigers uh, when that day comes. I've, got, I've been glad to get to know your pastor a little bit through some conversations leading up to today. And then today, I have found that uh, we have a lot in common. A lot in common in terms of uh, philosophy of ministry and theology. And I'm going to assume you're his wife. We've got another thing in common. We both married over our heads. I can see that right now. <laughs> So uh, I don't know if he slipped out, though. There he is. Okay. I just want to make sure you heard that, Scott. Uh, Appreciated that. As I've thought about today, I've thought about this is a a special day in, in, in three different ways. Number one, you have come together to thank God for what he's done in the past. And that's a good thing to do. This church is 178 years old. Is that right? 178 years. God has been working in and through Abner Creek Baptist Church. It's something to thank him for. But it's also a day to praise God for what he's doing right now. Have you ever stopped and thought about how he used a real tragedy, a trial, to bring you together, to strengthen you, to help you see that the church is not a building? Or maybe just a reminder that the church is people. You know, we've also come together today Not just to think about the past, though, or just today, but to trust God for a great future. And that's what I really want us to dwell on this morning. And as we come together for the homecoming and the building dedication, certainly this building needs to be a focus because it's something that God has given you. He has blessed you with it. And certainly God can use this building for His glory and the people's good all around here, your good. Lisa and I got the opportunity to uh, be a part of the church. We relocated one time, and we built a new facility. And the first year we were in it, we got so much exposure, and we had a lot of people to uh, come and visit. Actually, a lot of people joined that year. So I encourage you, use this. Take advantage of this new building and the exposure that it will bring. But what I want us to think about today is found in Ephesians chapter 3, the reason why you can trust God for a great future You are the Lord's church. This really and truly, and I appreciate what your pastor said, it's not wrong to sing like we have sung and to think like sometimes we think, but the dwelling place of God is with his people. The Spirit of God lives in us individually. He dwells among us collectively, corporately, when we gather together for worship like this. My goal today is for us to focus on God. And what he is able to do by his power in and through you. The church family called Abner Creek. In Ephesians chapter 3 verses 20 and 21. We find this great truth that God is able. And we'll fill in the blank. What he's able to do in just a few moments. But these two verses are really the conclusion of a prayer. They're a doxology. An expression of praise to God for his power, for what he has done, is doing. But also, it's the conclusion of a prayer where Paul actually prayed for two things. I'd encourage you to go back and read it. Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. He prayed that they might experience and demonstrate the presence of Jesus Christ in their lives, in their midst. And he also prayed that they might understand and experience the love of Christ, verses 18 and 19. But Paul knew that only God could bring something like that to pass. Only God can work in us, do that work of regeneration, bring about that new birth, put his spirit in us, and enable Jesus Christ to be seen in us, in our character, in the way that we live. Only God can help us really understand the love of Christ that caused him to leave the glory of heaven and come into this world To die for us. We might be forgiven and made right with God. Now and for all eternity. And as Paul just thinks about what God has done. What God is doing. What he wants God to do in their midst. He just bursts out in praise. Look at it. Ephesians 3 verse 20. And to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. According to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for this special day. And we pray that right now you'd help us to give you our undivided attention. Help us to understand, Father, that you are able to do far more than we could ever Imagine. Help us, Father, to trust you, to obey you in this way. In Jesus' name we come. Amen. Let's think about how God is able to do what he does. First of all, God is able to do what he does by his power. I want to think about the power of God in verse 20. And let's look at verse 20 again. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask, or think according to the power at work within us. This verse is able it tells us that God's able to do what he does because of his power. Now I can tell there's a lot of very faithful people in this church, people willing to give of themselves their time, their resources. And you are important. God works in you and through you, but I want you to see in this passage that the focus is on the power of God. What is it that God's able to do? Look in verse 20. God is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Look at it. God is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask, all that we think. I like the way the New International Version translates that. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or we think. I don't know about you, but I can ask for a lot. Sometimes my imagination can just be wild. But here's what I don't want you to think. This is not an invitation to think of God as a genie in a bottle who's just going to give you whatever you dream of. You know, there was a day in my life, not too many years ago, as I approached age 50, and your response should be, You hadn't got there yet, surely, you know? But yes, I have. But as I approached age 50, I thought to myself, I would love to go on the senior PGA tour. I really would. I'd love to be able to play golf for a living. And you know, God is able to do that. He can perform a miracle. But he's not going to do that. And I can pray and pray and pray until Jesus comes back. And there's no doubt in my mind. God had not called me. He's not going to equip me. He certainly had not to this point to go on the senior PGA Tour. So I don't want you to approach this passage of Scripture and think in terms just anything. I want you to remember the context, what I told you a moment ago. Beginning in chapter 3, verse 14, this prayer. As long, here's how we need to think about how God is able to do all that we ask or imagine. As long as we approach God with the attitude, I want to be like Jesus. I want you to help me to grow and mature and demonstrate Christ-like character. As long as we think in terms, I want to understand the love of God in Christ. I want to understand the love of Christ that caused him to give his life for sinful people like me. As long as we, that's our mindset, we want to know Christ. We want to be like Him. We want to really understand His love that we might be able to share it. When we have that mindset, then we can go to God and ask, according to His power, that He do beyond our wildest imaginations in our lives as Christians, individuals, but also in this church. In Scripture, is clear that God wants to work His power in all kinds of ways in our lives. God's made you like you are. You have spiritual gifts and talents and abilities and experiences that you have because God wants to use you where you work, where you're in school, in your neighborhood, as well as in this church. One problem is we we don't always ask. We don't often ask God to do immeasurably more than we can imagine, do we? You know, if you stop and think about some of the things we really ask God, I'm talking about as a church as a whole, some of the things we ask God for, we don't really believe that God is able to do abundantly more than all we ask or think. You know what most churches believe that God is able to do? What he did last year. Or maybe just a little bit more. Many churches are guilty of always looking backward, never looking forward. We plan for the future by only looking at the past. I want you to think about something. Think about you as a church body. Think about deacon body, finance committee, any small group that gets together and makes plans. How do you go about that? When you get together, do you just look at last year's calendar, last year's program, last year's budget, and just think to yourself, we're just going to change the dates. We're just going to do basically that. We may tweak it a little bit, but that's basically how we're going to do the future, just like we've done in the past. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you really looked to God? You looked forward in faith, asking God, Lord, what do you have for me now and in the immediate future? Lord, what do you have for our church now and in the days to come? Do you ever think now, I mean right now, unique day, 10, 10, 10, Sounds like fertilizer, doesn't it? But on this day, 10, 10, 10. Have you ever stopped and thought, God's given us a brand new building. Maybe God wants to do something brand new in Abner Creek Baptist Church right now with this brand new building. You've got an opportunity you'll never have again. You don't want it again. You don't want another fire. You don't want this to happen again. But you want to seize this moment, this opportunity that God has sovereignly given you the makeup of this church. Are you looking to Him? Are you taking Him at His word that He can do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine? Let me just ask you what are you asking God for? I know, in a, in, you know there's, you're involved in small groups in this church. You, you've probably come together and done special things, special prayer times as a church. What are you asking God to do? What are you verbalizing in your prayers? Are you using your mind? Are you using your imagination? Are you trying to just think about all the possibilities that exist for you at this point in history in this building, with the makeup of this church. Let me ask you another question. Where do you look as you think about the future? Let me give you a a, a thought. Most Southern Baptist churches look at only other Southern Baptist churches. Or they look to the South Carolina Baptist Convention or the Southern Baptist Convention or Lifeway. The publishing arm of the Southern Baptist Convention or WMU or something along that line. Are you aware that the latest statistics that I've been given anyway, 85% of all Southern Baptist churches are either declining or they're just plateaued. If 85% of Southern Baptist churches are just holding their own or declining, why in the world would you want to look to them for guidance for the future? You know, the churches that are really making a difference for the Lord, and God is blessing them with conversion growth. You know what the percentage of that is across the Southern Baptist Convention? 7%. 7% of Southern Baptist churches are actually growing by going out into their community, people going to the people in their circles of influence and sharing the gospel and God saving those people and those people coming to the church and confessing their faith and and becoming a part. Only 7% of churches, there's more churches that are growing, about 15%, but a lot of them is just transfer of membership. Transfer of membership from one Baptist church to another or from another denomination Some of the churches that really are up there in numbers and baptisms, well over half their baptisms came from a a godly Presbyterian who never had been baptized by immersion. And you know, we may impress one another with those kind of numbers, but God ain't impressed. God's not impressed by our numbers, period. And so what we need to stop and think about, God's doing some Tremendous things throughout this world in all kinds of denominations and non-denominations. I have always been a Southern Baptist. I hope you're impressed. I'm the president of the South Carolina Baptist Convention. <laughs> Big deal. <laughs> uh, you, I, I always say that to let you know where I'm coming from. Baptists do not have a monopoly on truth. We we hadn't cornered it. And what we need to understand in our denomination, we're doing a lot of things wrong because our denomination is dying. And that's not my opinion. That is black and white. That is statistically true, proven, factual. You cannot argue with it. Or you can argue with it. Some people would argue no matter what, wouldn't they? You've probably got somebody in your families that way. If you don't, you're probably the one. You know that, don't you? (laughs) But the reality is, the truth is, we are a dying denomination. So what we need to do is we need to go to God first. We need to study His Word. We need to pray. We need to look around and see what He's doing in whatever church, we to look at the past and see some of the things that were good. But then we, you as Abner Creek, me at Pickens First Baptist, and others, I know there's a lot of guests here where you are, you need to get together, the leadership of the church, the church family as a whole, and ask God, Lord, what do you have for us? today in the 21st century you know this is a 21st century building there aren't many of those and nobody you know you can't help that we're in an old building in our church but we tried to do some things we, we spent some money to do some renovations and all these kinds of instruments up here we've got all those kind of things if we don't have it as nice and spread out as you do i'm, I'm sort of envious i need to have to go home and confess some things after today this building you know, I heard someone say this is certainly not original with me if God ever brings the 1950s back Southern Baptists are ready you know <laughs> that's another thing God's not going to do he's not going to put me on the senior PGA tour and he's not going to bring 1955 back so we need to look at where we are how we are. We need to look at what's going on outside the walls of our churches, how people live and think and learn to think like they do so that we can package the gospel that never changes in such a way that we can share Christ, share the good news, and pray that God would use us to call them the faith in Jesus. You, to Abner Creek Baptist Church, where they can grow and mature and be a part of this church family. I want to ask you this morning, what are you really and truly asking God to do today and in the near future in and through you? Don't forget, God's power is unlimited he is able to do more than we could even think, more than we can even imagine, more than we could even ask. He's already done some things through you to bring all this together. You know that. But keep on looking to Him and asking Him. Since the power comes from God, for whatever we do, whatever is going to be uh, blessed by God, the second thing I want us to see, the, uh, the final thing we'll look at is the glory must go to God. Look at verse 21. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You know, the ultimate goal of our existence is that God will be glorified. That's why you are breathing at this moment. I like way Paul says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. So whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, how mundane. Whatever you, Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God, that God might be honored, that He might be per, uh, praised, that He might be pleased. Somebody came up with this thought one time. Live your life in such a way as to bring a smile to the face of God. Are you seeking to do that? And I'm not talking about big ways. I'm talking about the way you treat your family. You know, sometimes... Sometimes we think in terms of what we do for God. We talk about coming to church, think about coming to church and all these grandiose things that we like to do and think about and plan and all that kind of good stuff. The reality of your relationship with Christ and mine is found in our home. That's humbling, isn't it? In the relationship you have with our spouse, with our children, you with your parents, The way you treat the people that you're around and interact with on a regular basis. That's where we see the reality, the true faith come out. And this is the way that we are to glorify God, bring honor to Him, bring a smile to His face in the way that we live daily. You know, Paul prays that God will be glorified in the church and in Christ Jesus. That will happen as you move forward and the power that God supplies through His Spirit. That will happen as you seek to, to know God's will and to do His will, to accomplish His purpose at this time, the makeup of this church and this community. It will require ongoing growth in Christ-likeness. And that's seen in just the way that we we live life, as I mentioned. You know, our degree of Christ-likeness, our character. I think about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Fruit of the Spirit. I think that's a good definition of the character of Jesus. And we know just how Christ-like we are by how much we see these qualities in our lives that people see through our lives. I believe if God was glorified like that, in this church or any church, including Pickens First Baptist, where I come from, then when, whenever people would drive by our building, they would think not so much about our church, our building. They'd think about our God and what he's doing. You know, this is a This is a very impressive-looking building. It it, it is on the outside. It certainly is on the inside. And people going down the road, they're going to be thinking. They're going to be impressed. I don't know if you've ever been down Main Street in Pickens, but our building, it's an old building, This is an impressive-looking building. You notice it if you see it. We need to have the mindset that when people drive by our impressive-looking buildings, they really and truly don't think very much about the brick and mortar, the architecture. They think about the flesh and blood people who make it up and what God is doing in them and through them because they see us. They know us. I want to ask you this morning, what are you dreaming about? What is your imagination doing, thinking, just flying away about as you think about the future of Abner Creek Baptist Church. My prayer for you is that you will be a God-empowered, God-glorifying people who believe and live like God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or ever imagine. There is no doubt in my mind that God wants to do a work in you and through you and that he already has. I mean, he has been here. He has been working for 178 years. Be thankful for that. Build on that. He's been working, you know, recently, in the present, you would think, by bringing you together, enabling you to rebuild, and and having this day is something to praise God about and be excited about. But as you leave here today, As the gathering comes to an end, as homecoming is history, I want to encourage you to look to the future. Look to the future through eyes of faith. Look to the future and look at God. Look at His power. And think to yourself, He is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or ever imagine. The question is, will you ask? Will you imagine, and then will you serve him with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might? Will you love him and serve him with this, in his power and for his glory? And if you will do that, he will be faithful to his word, and he will use you to truly bring glory to himself, But he'll use you to make an eternal difference in the lives of people around in this community, people in your life. And he'll so work for his glory and people's eternal good that it'll bring great joy and satisfaction to you that'll cause you to continue to praise him and worship him and serve him with all your heart. Try it. Let God use you in ways no one could ever imagine. You, Abner Creek Baptist Church. Let's pray together. Father, we ask right now that you would work in the life of every person who's a member of this church. Help them know, Father, that you have brought them to this place for this time. To be a 21st century church to move forward from 10, 10, 10. In ways that maybe no one's even imagined yet. I pray, Father, that you'll have each person to commit themselves to you. Confess sin. Repent of sin. Indifference. Unconcern. Selfishness. Whatever the case. Help them make a, to make a new commitment. A fresh start. Today. Help them to seek your power and dedicate themselves, commit themselves, doing everything that they do for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Thank you, Fred. The Lord may. Uh, Have laid upon your heart something he's calling you to do today Maybe it is to depend on him to do more than you could um, ever imagine to ask him maybe You need a time to respond Well, we want to give you that time we want uh, even though we know that uh, Down in the kitchen right now. They're feverishly getting things ready for us to come down that way Most important thing at this moment though is not what's going on in the kitchen the most important thing at this moment is what the Lord is saying to you, and will you be obedient? Some of you here today, uh, the Lord may be calling you to Himself. And the gospel is this. The gospel is that God created you to reflect His image, but you have rebelled against Him, and you have sinned. He has every right to condemn you and to leave you and to, uh, to punish you for all of eternity, Uh, in a place called hell, but instead he himself took on flesh, became a man, came to earth, lived a perfect, sinless life that you didn't live, and then went and took your punishment on the cross. He had the wrath of God poured out on him in your place. The question that you need to answer today is, am I trusting in what he has done, that gift of the gospel, or am I trusting in myself? And today, if you would like to receive the gift of the gospel, the gift of salvation, forgiveness from God, being made right with Him, then today I will be here at the front to um, to receive you. I, you don't have to come through me; you come by faith to Jesus Christ, repenting and turning away from your sin. But I'll simply be here to help you if you need need help in doing that. Love to have you come do that. And when we begin to sing, if you want if this is the desire of your heart, you feel God leading you to this, I'm going to ask you just to step out where you are and come and take me by the hand. There's nothing special or magical in walking this aisle. This aisle, for a lot of people, has deceived them. They've put a lot of faith in this aisle. I've put a lot of faith in a card or I've put a lot of faith in a trip through the baptismal waters. There's nothing special about any of those things. The reality of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is through faith and faith alone. And if that's what God is calling you to today, then I'll be here to receive you. Some of you may be here today and there may be something else on your heart and your mind. Some of you have have recently come through the membership class and today may be the day that you want to link arms with this church. We'd love to take you. Some of you may want to come and kneel across the front and pray or you may just want to sit where you are and sing with Ethan and praise the Lord for all that God has done. But whatever it is the Lord is leading you to, I'm going to ask you to be obedient today. Ethan.